Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Of course, I am with the daddy of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton, at Norton0723. How you doing tonight, Mr. Rob? Doing pretty good, Wes. How you doing? I'm doing fine, and I am Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show over at FI Today with a little underscore. Subscribe, share the show, all those different things. Uh, Rob, usually we have the winner of the Baby Bowl on with us each and every week. Jesse Clark was the winner last week. He ended up beating the second-place finisher by just a couple of tenths of a point, I think, is what it, what it ended up being. Jesse, is though, is, what does he study? What did he say? The, he's master's or something? I don't even know. Yeah, he's finishing up uh, law school, I think he said. Wow. Can you imagine? I, I, I'm, I'm glad we know somebody with connections. I, I really feel like I'm going to need it one day. Bob. I, especially, <laughs> hey, I guess I was, you never know, right? Well, in my younger days, I definitely would have. So, so graciously, it, it, he's, he's going to join us again because we know this guy is a guru when it comes to fantasy football. But he said that he would join us tonight. He was the second place finisher and just got edged out by Jesse last week. Bo McBrayer, just Bo McBigtime is what we call him over on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Bo? I'm doing fine. About to, about to get working in the kitchen here. I, I heard you. You're when before the show. I heard you banging around pots and pans, and I said, "Bo, it's going to be hard for me not to talk to you about cooking because I know you have that passion about cooking. Uh, where does that passion derive from?" I mean, ever since I could see over the countertop, I've been in the kitchen helping my grandma and grandpa, and like I think I remember pressure cooking a whole chicken when I was nine. So <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's uh, it's just part of who I am. It's, and re- usually I just I just bang around the kitchen, make a bunch of noise just to keep it from being too quiet in here because, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My family's too loud half the time. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it stemmed from, you know, working in kitchens uh, now even or uh, while you're in school or anything like that. I, I didn't know where it came from. So I'm glad to hear it came from the family, though. Yeah, I really actually have no line experience except for a couple of little stints where I help people out. Uh, with catering events, but yeah, mostly it's just self-taught. Um, lots of uh, lots of palate development over the years, and uh, just <laughs> knowing what I like and knowing that a lot of people like the same things I like. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Bo underscore McBigTime, and he, of course, writes over there with Nibble Numbers, Ball Blast, all those places like that. You can check him out over on Twitter, and he's got links to all those things on his stuff. Now, now the most important thing, though, and you know it's something I love because I communicated with this with you. I ran out of uh, some, some hot sauce. I don't know what it is, and I said, you know what? It's time to get the hot backs, uh, hot box batch is what it's time to do. And so I, I got it. And Boa, I loved it. I love the flavor of it. It's not too hot. It's not too spicy or anything like that. Usually you talk about hot sauces and, and like it'll burn your tongue, Rob. And this one is not like that at all. This this has just got some flavor on it, which is what I like, Bo. Yeah, and it's plenty hot for people that aren't used to heat. But if you're looking for the kind of burn your face off type hot. It's not that I, I, I lean more towards the flavor, but if you, if you drink it, like some of my customers do, it'll, it'll light you up pretty good too. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely hotter than those vinegar based store brands that you can get. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's thicker too. I the vinegar stuff. It, it's uh-huh. a little bit thicker. I, and, and I like that. I like that on my eggs. I, I, I especially like it in chili. Rob, are you a hot sauce guy? How are you? How do you, how do you play your hot sauce game? I do. I mean, I like, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm more into the flavor, so that this is definitely sounding intriguing. And um, I'm not a burn your face off kind of person. I don't like to sweat while I'm eat while I'm eating. So, 
as long as it's not that level, I'm good. But I do like I put, you know, any kind of spicy sauce or seasoning on pretty much everything I eat. So it's uh, I've been I've been eyeing eyeing it up for a little while. I might have to make a purchase. No, oh, I I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun to get it to and, and just deal with Bo. Bo was fantastic when it came to the customer service and everything. So make sure you check out Bo's Twitter page at Bo McBigTime, and he's got a link right there for that hot box batch sauce. That and it's just fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. Hey, let's talk about the baby bowl just for a second here. Of course, that's what brought us all together. It's been fantastic this year, and it's been great to be having all those different people in the chat. Let's talk about the league standings before we get into our lineups from last week, Rob. I think I think he's finally done it. Coop A Fiasco has taken over first place. <laughs> he was threatening our, our our friend Max from last week. He was threatening her with that, uh, taking over first place, and he finally did. He, he got a big score last week as well. Yep. Coop uh Coop slid right into first place. He's he's uh less than three tenths ahead of Falcons 023 on Twitter. And then uh, our friend Max Dropped a third. Then we got Bo, Bo sitting there at fourth. Jesse is in fifth. Um, in sixth, we have Adam Hulse Sports. In seventh, we have KBDC Collectors, which I didn't realize that was actually Juan. Juan Signs. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize he changed his handle, so that's our, fr- our buddy Juan. Um, eighth, we have a guy that I know named David Heron. He's, he doesn't have a Twitter, so won't be able to find him on here. And ninth, yes, it's Harris time. And tenth, we got our friend Joshua Cho, JB Cho knows. And we're not going to talk about who's in eleventh, okay? I'm not talking about who's in eleventh place. <laughs> Bo, do you know who's in eleventh? Rob's wife. I'm guessing. Rob's wife, Julie's in eleventh place. Oh man, I just <laughs> she's ahead of you. She's oh yeah, she's she's ahead of both. She's man, it's. It's a sore, yeah, it's, it's a sore spot three. for me. It's all, it's all, we're only through three weeks, so I guess you got, you got time to catch up. For sure, yeah. She, she's been, she's been. Uh, she didn't even know until, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yesterday we went out, went out for dinner, and uh, I said something to her. I said, "Do you know you're in eleventh place?" She's like, "No, I didn't know that." She's like, "Where are you?" I was like, "Not in eleventh. <laughs> and she, she said, "Oh, so I'm beating you, huh?" And I said, uh-huh. "Yeah, you've, you've outscored me every week so far." She's like, oh, this is easier than I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I'm I'm letting Julie win. I'm letting Julie beat me just so that's that she because she lets she lets Rob on the show each and every week, and I know she has to you know put up with Rob each and every day, him playing basketball, <laughs> and then him getting old. I don't that, know if you know exactly. this or not, that Bo. Poor lady. It, I feel yeah. so bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> you Bo, should. I don't know if I don't know if you know this or not though. Rob is getting old as well. It was his birthday yesterday. Oh no! Another one. Another one. They just keep racking up. They keep coming uh, as much as I don't want them to. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our lineups from last week and, and kind of dissect some of these players because when I was looking at this, I, I was I, I whenever I look at the past lineups because they do nothing for us anymore, right? We those players are worthless to us now at this point. Once we burn them, they're done for us for the rest of the season. But I like to think of these guys in the redraft fashion going forward, especially with you on here, Bo, and with you, Rob. I, I like to pick your brains about this because I love making trades in the leagues that I'm in. And, and Bo, you used Kyler last week, and he had 19 fantasy points here on this uh, Baby Bowl format that we have. And I'm really impressed by Kyler, but this week he's got the Rams. I, I want to say that that's really a huge test for him. How do you think he's going to do this week? 
I think you might even do better because what happened is I actually started to fade Kyler towards game time because I kind of saw that game script coming where they they really didn't need him that much. Like they were they were in a closer dogfight kind of game and Jacksonville looked okay on defense. It wasn't like they needed Kyler to be his same explosive self the whole time. And and there you go with his lowest point total so far this season. And so I think that being that they're going to need to lean on Kyler to kind of play superhero ball this week against the Rams, uh, he might actually go for another 30 burger. And so I kind of wish I had saved him longer. Rob, do you think Kyler's going to end up being the number one quarterback overall in fantasy at the end of the year? I think I think he will. Um, I I was pretty high on him heading into the year. I had him as my number two, and it was more or less just for me. The reason I didn't really have him as number one, I was I mean I was hyping him up all last year, all this year. Um, the biggest reason I didn't have him number one was because I was I wasn't quite sure they had been talking about dialing back his running and because they were trying to you know he got banged up i think it was week 10 last year against seattle and from that point he was up to that point he was you know pacing to set the record for qb points scored and then he they kind of dialed back the run the rushing attempts and he uh you know faded a little bit down the stretch and he's i mean he still finished his like two or three or something like that i can't remember but he uh you know, I was I was a little bit worried they might dial back the rushing a little bit, but he's he's been just as involved in the, around the goal line, especially. Um, so I think he does have that advantage over Mahomes, who was my number one heading into the year. And so, you know, I, I would give the edge to Kyler right now as long as they keep running him, especially around the goal line. Being an old school guy like I am, I really appreciate uh, Stafford and Brady getting it done from the pocket. You know, not with all the rushing yards. Or Both of them are throwing up a bunch of numbers from a fantasy perspective, which gives old men hope is what it does, guys. It gives old men hope. <laughs> Rob, you threw Daniel Jones in there. He had 17 points. Kyler had 19, of course. I ended up with Russell Wilson last week. I, I just thought the Seattle Seahawks were in a great spot with the Minnesota Vikings. He only ended up with 16 points. I, I, don't, I don't know what the Seahawks ended up doing last week. It, they really disappointed me. And Bo, I, I, you put up, you, you put in your running back spot, Mister Nineteen Targets himself, Najee Harris. Uh, did you have a, an inkling that he was going to get that many targets, that much work? I know he's getting almost a hundred percent of the snaps, but uh, still, man, nineteen targets is a lot. Well, I, I, I really for this format, I'm looking at game flow so much, and I, although I didn't see nineteen targets, I definitely could see eight to ten. Uh, on top of uh, the chance for against that defense last week, I was thinking he might break off a couple big runs and score a touchdown. And I just kind of backed into having a huge receiving performance because Ben Roethlisberger is so terrible now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take it because I mean that's if that's probably going to be one of your top performances of the whole season for Najee, and I guess I'll <laughs> I'll take that one to the bank because that was some easy money there. Yeah, that was it. Uh, Bo, you, you talked about him breaking off those long runs or whatever. I I, I watched him, of course, in Alabama a, a lot, and I never saw that kind of athleticism from him. I know he's very athletic, hurdling players and everything. He just doesn't have that breakaway speed, and I thought going to the next level in the NFL, that was going to hinder him a little bit because everybody's so much faster in the NFL than they are in college. Uh, just the skill set is different. So I don't know. I, with re- redraft or anything like that, I was a little hesitant to take Najee. 
Uh, Alex, uh, you put Madison in there, Rob. You put Madison in there. 23 mm-hmm. points. You did the thing I said I was never going to do again, was put up the backup in there, and he actually performed very, very well. What is Cook's status this week? Do either one of you guys know? He's questionable right now. Um, I thought I saw he practice on a <laughs> limited basis, but uh, so it's it's still up in was, the air. He was pretty, yeah, he was pretty close to being able to play this last Sunday, so I, I expect him to be out there. I, yeah, I do. I do as well. Okay, I put Chase Edmonds in as one of my running backs, and I ran it back with Barkley on the other side. Uh, for my second Ooh. running back, I ran it back with Barkley. I think Barkley's coming around. It, it may not be as explosive as he was yet, but I think it, that knee keeps getting better each and every week. And uh, you put Taylor in there, Bo Jonathan Taylor, and he ended up with eight points. That's a weird little backfield, Bo, that they got going on. Uh, the game script seems like each week for Indianapolis, it's going to be some Najee Hines weeks. But but Taylor got all that goal line. I don't know what to do with the running backs there in Indianapolis, Bo. Yeah, and actually last year I had a lot of success just playing them both in the same lineup because <laughs> they're they're both going to be serviceable. Like they're they're not neither one of them is going to burn you, but you know one of them is going to have a really good game. Um, and so whether it's whether it's Taylor that gets eight and ten, and then Hines that gets twenty or vice versa, um, I just guessed wrong on that one because I I thought for sure it was going to be a Taylor game. Yeah, that's it's weird to do that. And Bo, you know what? Know what our buddy Rob did? He was one of those people, individuals that played CMC in the Baby Bowl last week. Oh, yep, yep. Those that you know, you know what's what's crazy about that is. So I threw CMC in there on Thursday night. I actually had a pretty star-stacked lineup heading, and then as soon as CMC went down. I changed my lineup, like pretty much my whole lineup, because I was like, I don't, I don't really want to use all these guys, you know, going for a high score when I took a six point CMC week of get him getting hurt. So I changed up the whole the whole lineup at that point. Yeah, that, it it got it got tough. It got weird. I I hate that for people whenever they end up burning yeah. somebody just because of injury. I, I hate that. Um, How much you can do about it though. Now, why, yeah. uh, tight end, you guys both had TJ Hawkinson. I thought the Baltimore Ravens were in a smash spot last week, uh, or, and the Detroit Lions were as well because they were going to have to throw the ball from behind so much. But TJ just kind of let us down. I think Baltimore just put the clamps on the best wide receiver that they had, and that was TJ Hawkinson. So, uh, And I, I ended up with Andrews in my tight end spot. He got 16 of the points. And listen, listen, though, I, 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 I don't know if it's worse at putting CMC in a lineup and him getting hurt. Or watching Hollywood Brown drop the passes that he dropped, and I had oh. I had him in my lineup. I thought for sure he was going to score at least one touchdown, and I think don't I get some kind of points, Rob, for him dropping the ball on, <laughs> on what would have been at least two touchdowns? Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, I was going to say, man, that one. Hollywood was frustrating just watching watching those drops for pretty much clear touchdowns and all those points left on the field. Oh, you should I you should been, get something for that. DFS. I had him in DFS, Ooh, and it was I did painful. too. I did yeah, too. Yeah, that, Bo. That's that's so rough, especially if it was in a, any. I don't know if it was any in any high scoring lineup for you, but seeing that in some high scoring lineups and the oh. what could have been, so much pain. I ended yeah. up with Lockett and DK. I put. I just went with the little Seattle stack there. I thought they would do so much better in Minnesota than what they did. I ended up with a hundred and something points, so I was all right. Rob, you ended up with Tyler Boyd, and he had fourteen. 
Sterling Shepard, who had four, I think he got injured last week. And then we got to take a minute and just talk about Brandon Cooks. Okay, Brandon Cooks had 21 fantasy points for you last week in that Houston Texans offense. We don't even know who the quarterback's name at this point. I think, well, Mills. (laughs) I mean, we know Mills. But uh, Brandon Cooks, he seems to be invincible. Shouldn't he? I mean, shouldn't they trade him? Should, wouldn't there be a team just standing up and jumping up and down on the sidelines saying, "Just give us Brandon Cooks. We just we just need Brandon Cooks. He's the missing piece of the puzzle. Maybe a Denver Bronco. Maybe maybe he's just somebody it, it needs Brandon Cooks on their team." Rob. Yeah, you'd think. You think even uh, the Packers maybe could use something someone oh, like that. But but man, yeah, he. It's it's funny too because Cooks heading into the year was kind of a guy that. I almost I didn't I didn't fade everywhere, but I faded a little bit just because I was thinking, you know, this guy's been traded dealt around so much already, and he's pretty much been the anti Allen Robinson in that he's basically played his entire career with like Hall of Fame quarterbacks this his mm-hmm. whole career. So now I was a little bit worried about what was gonna happen if he didn't have a good quarterback. Was he was he quarterback proof? And right now he's showing he is and you know they're just locking onto him pretty much every play. Oh, you you insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, you ended up putting DK Metcalf in there, and then you had two players who I think are just fantastic in fantasy and redraft or every every place we can get a hold of them. Cooper Cup and Mike Williams. You, oh yeah. C- Cup had 31 last week. Mike Williams had 33. It, it's great to see the resurgence. I don't know. Resurgence is probably the wrong word. The emergence of Mike Williams. We all knew he had it in him. I think one of the greatest things is that the Chargers are keeping him closer to the line of scrimmage instead of making him go 20 yards downfield and make incredible catches. That really helps out him staying healthy this year. Yeah, I don't know about health-wise, but just the role. I was kind of skeptical that he would jump into that X role with Grace because he's he hasn't really shown that ability to run good crisp routes like Keenan Allen. Um, but what we've seen is he balanced out what they, what they would – be keyed on and in the tape is all you have to do is double cover Keenan Allen and the rest of the the receivers kind of cover themselves. But if you have a guy like Mike Williams at X and Keenan Allen, the slot, they become incredibly difficult to defend, especially with Eckler coming out of the backfield. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then you had Cooper cup in there. This Stafford cup connection. It was the first time I was really able to watch it the entire game uh, last week on Sunday night football. And it reminded me so much of the Brady Eckler, uh, Brady Eckler, Brady Edelman connection that that was so many years there in New England. This is something special that you very rarely see. I'll even say that it looks like it's the Brady Edelman connection on steroids. Yeah, Cooper Cup's definitely a more dynamic playmaker, especially after the catch that Edelman was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, Stafford with the arm strength that he provides and just the he has he's got balls like you don't you don't see. You didn't see Jared Goff taking too many shots. He didn't take too many risks. And I think that's what drove Sean McVay completely bonkers is he would have a guy running scot-free down the field on a blown coverage, and he would check it down anyway. Uh, And now Cooper Cup's running free and wild like he has been. And Stafford's hitting him for big plays all over the field. Yeah, he's definitely run after the catch guy. Let me ask both of you this. Who's going to end up finishing higher from a wide receiver uh, standpoint on redraft leagues, Cup or Mike Williams this year? Got to be, got to be Cup for me at this point. Yeah. I, I I like both, but Cup is. I mean, yeah, I think for the, sure. just the fact that that Williams has. I mean, as much as I like Robert Woods, 
he's he's not Keenan Allen, and so no. <laughs> so um, and plus Cup is more proven than on than Williams on top of it. So just that combo of events there, it's, I got a lean Cup, but I like both. Yeah, I agree. I was higher on Cup than Williams going in. I'm pleasantly surprised with both of them. But yeah, having Keenan Allen on the same team as Williams, uh, you're going to start to see defenses start to favor covering Williams, and then Keenan Allen's just going to feast. So uh, yeah, pick your poison with that team. And I, I, I don't, I'm not that impressed with the weapons around Cooper Cup. Robert Woods hasn't really shown up yet, and they really don't have any running backs to cause a, cause a stir with that defense. I cannot believe you're discounting Tyler Higby like that, Bo. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, everybody, That's that was Bo McBriar, at Bo McBigTime on Twitter, uh, at Bo underscore McBigTime. He's got all his links for everything that he does each and every week. And, Bo, I, you always put that article out, I believe, I want to say, it's, it either comes out Friday or Saturday. Which which article is that there for Nimble Dubbers? Uh, that's actually going to come out tomorrow on Fridays. Uh, that's the hot cash with the king of spice. Um, so where I put all, all the DFS cash plays that I'm looking at, uh, that's free to use. And then if you really like and you want to have all my lineups, you can just subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nimble DFS. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job over there. I love everything that you're a part of. And uh, I, I like your article. It's It's more than just a numbers article or a couple of players article you, you always you always take me down a little path Bo. you take me down a little path and that's always fun to look at and rob you also have your articles that come out on the weekend as well so i, I appreciate both of you guys putting the work and the effort in there for all of us fantasy people hey don't forget to follow the show at fi today with a little underscore you can follow Bo over there at Bo underscore mcbigtime rob norton at norton 0723 you can follow me at on twitter at loafing it as well Fellas, we got some big games this weekend. Big games. 50-plus games are Arizona at the Rams, Kansas City at Philadelphia, the Raiders at the Chargers, Seattle at San Francisco, Cleveland at Minnesota, Carolina at Dallas. Which game are you looking at, Rob, the most to kind of play with your DFS lineups or even on your baby bowl lineups? Which game just jumps out at you when I mention all those 50-plus games? Hmm. Well, wow, it's tough. Um, I always like attacking Dallas. That's 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 going to be a good one, especially you know DFS wise for sure. Um, Cooper, I I've been looking at the the stuff a little bit. Cooper looks underpriced to me, and uh, Chuba Hubbard probably be pretty popular. Uh, he's pretty pretty low price for a probable you know, 65, 70 plus percent snap workload. But um, I definitely like that uh, Kansas City Philly game too. And uh, so in baby bowl, I'm, I'm heavily considering Jalen Hurts at this point. Oh, you know, I always peek up whenever you say Jalen Hurts. What about you, Bo? You'd mentioned the Arizona-Los Angeles game. Do you see the Las Vegas and the Charger game, though, being a shootout as well? Uh, no, I actually think that the, the Vegas Raiders are fraudulent and they're going to get boat raced by the Chargers. But <laughs> I, I still think they're going to be some, uh, there's going to be some points to be had in that game. Uh, but I think the Chargers are going to win by over 20 points. It's not going to be close the whole game. I think Derek Carr comes crashing down to earth because he really hasn't faced any adversity. He's wow. faced, uh, historically good defenses that are playing terribly all season. Um, so 
I, I think that this Chargers defense is for real. Look what they did to Kansas mm-hmm. City. Look what they did to Dallas. And then you have a, a Vegas Raiders team that's playing above what everybody expected them to do. But there, um, when I watch the film, Derek Carr doesn't look as impressive as his numbers. The same goes for Kirk Cousins. I think both of those guys are coming crashing down to earth this week. Um, so I'm going to take Herbert, and I'm going to throw in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams or Eckler. I'm going to go stack an onslaught against the Raiders because I think this is the week where everybody gets exposed in a way. And uh, I love Jay- I love Jalen Hurts this week because he's going to be a perfect contrarian play against Patrick Mahomes. Wow, I like that's bring the heat, Bo. Bring the heat. That's going to be dipping into your hot sauce right there, my friend. <laughs> I, I like what you're saying, though. I think that they are doing a good job of calling the plays for the Raiders. I, a lot of those big plays that I saw them going for or, or at least hitting on, I'm like, okay, that came from the sideline. That wasn't necessarily a Derek Carr thing. They said, just just toss it up, man. Just toss it up, and you're going to get mm-hmm. that guy. So that's what I've seen. And that I, you're right. The Chargers secondary is outstanding this year. And they've really stifled some of those opponents that they've had. Uh, I've I've heard from some Vegas insiders, not that call me personally, but on other podcasts, they just talk about how the Chargers are getting no respect and no love from the public. But that's the one that all the Vegas people are on are the Chargers. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they're they're really, um, you know, a great team with Herbert. Their offenses, defenses look great. they're, They're for real. The Chargers uh, were my preseason Super Bowl picks, so really? I'm not surprised at all. Well, I actually predicted they would start 4-0 with wins in Washington and at Arrowhead, so I didn't expect them to beat my Cowboys, or I didn't expect the cow- my Cowboys to beat them. Um, but I did think that they were going to beat uh, the chart. They were going to beat Washington in Washington and go to Arrowhead and win that too. I was all laid out in my Picontext article that's pinned on my on my profile, but. Oh. Uh, the Chargers are the best team in football. They're from top to bottom, one to fifty-three. They're the best team in football, and I think we're finally seeing it. Uh, so the Raiders are not. They're, they're not. Even <laughs> um, and so I'm just I'm putting it out there that uh, we're gonna we're gonna start to see uh, blowout games kind of come come about when some of that attrition kicks in for some of these teams that start off hot but they really have no business being there. Um, you're gonna you're you're gonna start to see their their how thin they are when when stuff inevitably happens. Okay, all right. I like the advice, Rob. For me, I'm I'm wondering about the Denver Broncos. I've been impressed by them a little bit this year. They go up against the Baltimore Ravens, though. That point total is 44. I'm not sure who's gonna catch the ball for the Denver Broncos. It looks like a pretty good Noah Fant week to me. Ooh, but yeah. then Baltimore just shut down T.J. Hawkinson last week, so I'm kind of iffy on that one. Yeah, I'm torn on on Fant. I ha- I mean, I like him, and the fact that obviously Judy's still out and Hamler went down, um, that should you know solidify the the usage and the target share. And so, I was talking to Bo about this earlier in the week, and I, I was it was the same thing. I was worried about Hawkinson, even though I played him, and you know you see. Baltimore was after the first two weeks, they were ranked worst in the league into against tight ends, but they had also faced Kelsey and Waller. So anytime you face, (laughs) you face those two guys, as odds are, you're going to be one of the worst teams against tight ends in the league. Hmm. So I'm, I'm really torn on them because they did 
you know, shut down Hawkinson in a spot that I could, thought maybe Hawkinson could get a lot of volume. So I'm 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 torn on fan. I don't think it's a bad play. Um, I don't love the play, but I, I don't mind it either. I'm kind of just right in the middle. Bo, I, I got a question. A yeah, go for it. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say I got a question for you about the Indianapolis Miami spot. All right, okay. uh, but you had something to chime in about that tight end question, so I want to hear that answer. Well, we, we, we know that Fant has a downfield receiver and established one in Cortland Sutton to kind of take mm-hmm. away some of that coverage. Uh, Hawkinson really doesn't have that guy on his team, so they were easily able to clamp up on, on Hawkinson because there wasn't an, an established deep threat like Cortland Sutton will be for Noah Fant. So I think I think Fant will be a little, a little bit better off than Hawkinson, but I'm not going to go as far as playing him heavily. I'm going to be more focused on Cortland Sutton this week. Ah, good, because I put him in the lineup or two already, Bo. I did, too, because I, I like I like old Teddy Two Gloves myself. Hey, Bo, I, I got a question, though. The Indianapolis-Miami game. Jacoby Brissett, he isn't going to be in there very long, unless, of course, he stays in there because he's playing a little bit better than Tua Tagovailoa does, and maybe the team is performing a little bit better than when Tua's in there. I, uh, but, but we've got to use Jacoby at some point. He's given us 20-something points last week. Uh, is it a week to be able to play, to play Jacoby in a revenge spot against Indianapolis? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, if we if we know anything about Jacoby, is that the only reason he put up that many points is because he threw it 58 times and barely still didn't even come close to 300 yards passing. Uh, it's it was kind of an embarrassing efficiency performance and one that I I doubt he'll repeat. And Tua is not a fantasy player anyway. Tua is a better football player than fantasy mm-hmm. player. Um, so I'm I'm avoiding this game because. Uh, I don't like any of the players. <laughs> it's like, Jacoby, it's like, Jacoby looks big, doesn't he? He looks really big out there, big, right? He's a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean he's good, though. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But I was just, I saw him, and I'm like, holy cow, he outgrew his uniform. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a big boy. That's why he's one of those goal line specialists. He's yeah, a vulture. I'm like, I'm thinking he's bigger than his lineman right now. How is this possible? How is this possible? All right. Um, <laughs> Bob, another question I have: the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. I, I don't, uh, I don't understand the identity of what the Saints are. I, I, I don't, I, I, I need to play Jameis Winston at some point this year in the Baby Bowl, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Rob, uh, the Giants, I know, I have a pretty good defense and all. I'm not worried about playing them this week. I'm just trying to figure out what Jameis Winston is, Rob. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, he, he seems like he's the same old. Jameis that we we know and love, you know, the guy that's going to have some monster games and the guy that's going to look like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league the next week. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to do with them. I know there's the whole um, Saints back in the Superdome first game back narrative uh, that you could talk yourself into. Uh, I, I mean, I do I do always like games when they're in the dome better. It's just more conducive to passing game. So. Um, if you're ever going to, I think if you're ever going to play him in baby bowl, which you might not ever have to, but if you are, I would do it at home. Um, so, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of them either, honestly, at this point. Okay. Uh, Bo, I just a couple more questions for you guys and then we'll be all wrapped up here. Get, let Bo get back to his hot sauce and putting them in the bottles and everything. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Bo, I see a sneaky one with Washington and Atlanta. All right, uh, because yeah. basically both defenses are terrible against quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, though, looks like he's aged right before my eyes. Uh, 
But Washington is giving up the most points to quarterbacks in fantasy right now. Is this an Atlanta Falcon week or Washington football team week? Because Atlanta's not very good either. I don't know, man. I don't even know about the Falcons anymore. I thought I had them pegged preseason, but Arthur Smith is apparently just a a fake shark. Like we all, we all crowned him last year when he led Tennessee down the field with that nice zone read offense with, with Derrick Henry, but apparently it was Derrick Henry because as soon as he leaves Tennessee, they start throwing Derrick Henry the ball and what, who would have thought that he'd be a weapon in the open field. And then he goes to Atlanta, and their whole offense just goes from great to terrible in one one fail swoop. Um, I, I don't like what I see, um, especially against a team that has a good pass rush where they haven't blocked anybody. Atlanta hasn't mm-hmm. blocked anybody up front, and the Matt Ryan A dot is alarmingly low. Like we're talking half of what it was last season. Uh, until that changes, I'm I'm completely fading Atlanta's offense, and I'm I'm a, I love Kyle Pitts more than any player in the league right now and he's still not getting his chances which is even more alarming because i mean look at look what you just spent on him yep yeah no i agree with you and i I, atlanta's the home team that's on the big tv down here each and every week and i don't think they've had a play over 25 yards this season yet on offense so that's that is really alarming i'm glad you brought up that a dot rob uh, bo brought him up a little bit here with derrick henry if there's if there's a spot for Derrick Henry to just go crazy, it should be this week against the New York Jets. I know he go, he go crazy any single week, but both the wide receivers might be a little bit banged up. They may not. They may just leave him on the sidelines this week and just say, Derrick, it's your time. It, go for it. Get to get him. Run him down. Run him over. Pretend the New York Jets are 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 bowling pins and just knock them all down. But Derrick. <laughs> that's that's true. I, I mean, the Jets are awful. Just you know, they, like like they've been for a while now. And and uh, Derrick Henry is always more playable in matchups where it looks like the game flow is going to be them playing from ahead, which they're you know a six and a half point, seven point favorite right now. So it's definitely something you know. Derrick Henry is definitely in a in a great spot this week if you're looking to play him, whether it's uh, DFS or Baby Bowl. All right. Guys, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. I hope it was very helpful to the people that were listening to the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Again, special thanks to Bo McBigTime. Shout out. Shout out to our champion. What was his name, Rob? <laughs> Oh, uh, last week, Jesse, yeah, Jesse Clark. Jesse, Jesse Clark. I Jesse knew it was Clark. Clark. I couldn't Damn remember. Damn you, I, Jesse. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to say Dick Clark, and that was just going to be completely wrong is what that was going Publishers to be. Publisher's Clearinghouse guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Bo, tell everybody where they can find you, your Twitter handle and everything like that, just so I don't mess it up. All right. So Twitter, Bo underscore Mick Big Time. And, of course, you can get the Hot Box Gourmet Hot Sauce and all my seasoning blends at BigTimeFlavor.co. There you go. And all his links for everything he does throughout the week on fantasy from a fantasy perspective are linked up to his Twitter handle at Bo underscore McBigTime. And Rob, I always appreciate you coming on and making time at Norton0723 on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Leave a review. All those things. But more importantly than that, uh, you fantasy impact today, people. We want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 